There we are. <laughs> ah, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is the second best long snapper in Rhode Island history, Joe DeLeon. Good morning, sir. Or good evening, sir, I should say. How you doing, Blake? Oh, by the way, wait, wait, before we get into it, we have to recognize something happened this oh, weekend. We, oh, we have to recognize God. something happened this weekend. Blake, do you know who won the fencing national championship? Hey, on a scale of one to I don't absolutely Notre give Dame. Shit. Notre Dame won back to back fencing national championships, and they now are the best. You do know that you do know country. that in like nine in eighteen eighty eight, the Lord, the the I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, okay, cool. I'm not going to say it because of what happened today, but cool, good for them fencing. Yeah, I mean it's a big deal. I bet you they won't fight. What do you mean they won't fight? They won't fight. Bet you don't want to use these hands. Oh, they're fighting in Irish. Well, we got you know what we got down here, Joe? Rednecks. Tell them to come down here and fight a redneck. Does LSU even have a fencing program? Have you seen producer Zach? Have you seen the redneck coming out in him? (laughs) I think that Notre Dame's he's one. He is one way down yonder on the Chattahoochee away from going to jail. Notre Dame would would can run the table with all the SEC fencing programs you know you, you know what's funny you say that yeah. the sec doesn't have fancy programs you know why because we actually like girls okay well you know what y'all suck anyway we are live welcome back ladies and gentlemen good to be back we missed saturday because we were out at the lsu football practice um they're letting us back in again this weekend um so instead oh. of saturday we'll go on sunday the full practice so we're gonna watch some some things happening with some SEC programs, but we got a lot to talk about. So, Joe, you brought this topic up. I guess I'll let you explain it. What's our first overall topic here tonight on the Rafino and Joe show? So the March Madness tournament this year, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that we have the most unpredictable Final Four that has ever occurred, and it is Do you believe ESPN that they said that 37 people have their brackets still intact? I don't know. Wait, like fully intact. Not fully intact. For final four, the, though. They have the final four intact. Well, I don't believe I don't believe that. On, I, I don't believe that. On Dan Patrick this morning, one of the producers' wives was one of those people. Uh, and apparently she just picked it based on places that she liked to to visit or she lived. So I think that that's the extent of the people who who have it accurately predicted. It, it, there's pure randomness in it. But the the motivation behind this is this final four was unpredictable. Most of the teams that are in it are not blue bloods. They're not typical teams that are in at least in contention. So I thought, let's have some fun today. The final four stage is set. Let's try to predict if there were ridiculous teams, unpredictable teams that are not the typical blue bloods in college football, which I know that it takes some time to define what that means. But we're going to pitch three teams each that we think maybe – there is a possibility to make it to the college football playoff in unexpected fashion. Well, we got to be careful with that because in 2024, we'll have 12 teams. And with that being said, yeah. as an example, Tulane would have made it this year along with Washington uh, as well. So we got to be a little careful with that. But I think it's interesting to talk about this because, look, I mean, we had Tulane beat USC. Tulane would have faced the number one overall seed, and that being Georgia. Right. And so in 2024, that team at Tulane, who will be the, the highest ranked at large bid, 
will yeah. then play an SEC team like Georgia. So you want the playoffs to expand, but you don't want to watch live murder on TV on eight live <laughs> on ABC at three. So this is going to be interesting. But we do have three teams uh, as well. Joe, I, I, so I read this article today about the D two coach um, from Fair State, Coach Tony and uh, Anis uh, Anis Anis. Is that right? Sure. I, I'm not the. I'm not. I don't follow Division two football, so I'm not totally and, keyed and on. I think you could pronounce it Anis. Yeah. Um, but he was suspended for from future playoff games by the NCAA because two players smoke cigars in the locker room. So, as I normally do, I will go off tonight on the NCAA because guess what? You suck. Their new commissioner, <laughs> the new commissioner, who was, by the way, the governor of Massachusetts, yeah. is nothing but a straight-up bum. All he's been doing is going on, local, on, on TV shows, pitching how I'm going to come in here and regulate NIL, but capitalism is key. What? D Joe, we've hired a politician for a sporting event. Oh, it sucks so, so bad. bad. He sucks. Oh. He's such a clown. And, you know, I, I totally agree with you. We got the uh, – did you hear the rebuttal that Charles Barkley had when, when he did that interview? So he does I the did. I he did. does the interview, and then his response is like oh, – all It's horrible when Charles crooks. Well, it's horrible when Charles Barkley's ripping you a new one. Yes. Like, he's okay, the one like, who's talking on the grounds of morality, and he's correct. Like, that's – we have a problem here. Well, we also have a major problem when you're suspending a coach because two guys lit a cigar. When you don't suspend fans or you don't do anything to fans – Joe, I'll be honest. I wear boots to games if I go. You know why? As a fan. You know why? I wear jeans and boots. You know why? Because way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, I stick a, I stick a flask right in that boot. <laughs> okay? So calm down. Dude, I, I can't tell you how much I hate a politician that's running the NCAA. I will do it. Let me tell you. You know what I'd do? It? I would do it for $50,000 a year in a Coke. See, I don't know if they're going to offer that up to you, but the – to that point, this should have been an athletic director. This shouldn't have been even a president of a university. This should have been no, an athletic director. No, it should director. be Sankey. Let's call it, it what it is. Yes. It should be Greg Sankey running the NCAA. And uh, until so such things happen, this Rudy Pooh's going to fail, okay? This guy's going to fail, and then we're going to come back and say, what did we do? And I, I would love to know who, who, who appoints this dude. Like, who appoints him? Well, the board, the board, the council, what council made up right. of Condoleezza Rice? Condo, if Condoleezza Rice, without Googling, can tell me what a three tech does and trips right on the far left hash, okay, then I'm fine. Until then, until then, I want no politicians in sports. Well, hopefully, and hopefully this horrible pick for, for the current NCAA president, hopefully that leads to uh, a secession of the major college football conferences, and they pick their own commissioner. And they're the ones who handle picking that. And then we don't have to worry about them picking the wrong guy again after this guy fails, as you said. Colin says something interesting here. He said, did you guys hear about or the Oregon bill that's being voted on? If it passes, coaches can be suspended for the behavior of fans. I, I trust Colin's input on this because he he has a history of working in politics. Longtime listener of, my, of the other, the Hack City channel. 
I, I trust his information there. I'd be curious to check that out afterwards. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't that's, know it was we, a thing we should, either. We should pull it up in the break and have it for when we talk about the scar stuff. Because hey, Zach, can you pull that up? That's a great thing about having a producer because he's a he's a he's a gangster. He's a full blooded gangster. Colin, thank you but, for bringing that to our way, attention. Yeah. You, did you see this map going around? It, it divided the United States into the regions, and it said who would win this Hunger Game. No. Did you see that? No, I did not. Okay. They have Texas, Oklahoma, and the Southeast. And then other, <clears throat> like the West was split up, and then Midwest and Northeast. Just going to let you know. Okay, just so you understand. The South is winning. <laughs> like, you, you, listen, thank God the North won the Civil War. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. However, some of y'all up North and out West got a little soft. Yeah, the North and the West, I don't think, would hold a candle in this. They would get knocked out early. I will say there's some crazy people in the Midwest in yeah, like South Dakota Wisconsinite. or someone from Montana or Wyoming. So basically what you're saying is, is college football is a reflection of our country. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess that's cool. All right, so we got a lot of topics we need to talk about tonight. Joe, let me say this first, though. Um Something bad, very bad happened in Nashville today. Listen, I'm a father too, Joe. I'm sure one day that you will have kids. Yeah. And I say this from the bottom of my heart. I, I can't I can't even fathom. Okay. I, I can't even fathom what's what people are going through in Nashville. If you're religious, if you're not religious, if you believe in God, if you don't believe in God, thoughts, prayers, concerns. And we're thinking to the people of Nashville. So, um, <clears throat> yep. horrible, horrible. Yep. So we're praying for you. All right, let's do this. Everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. You guys on Facebook continue to kill the game for us. If you're listening on YouTube, we're still doing the giveaway. Still needed to uh, subscribe. Hit the notification bell and share all of this content. If you're listening to us, wherever you listen to podcast radio, where, you know, XM, Tune in wherever you listen to it. Rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate it. Zach, do us a favor. Take us to bet online. Who are our three Cinderella teams for 2023? I'm going to go first because I'm a winner. Okay. <laughs> you always go first anyways. No. Hold on. <laughs> That's not true. I gave you the Florida Scarves to show on everything. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Zach, take us to break. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. They're back! They're not in basketball. Well, I mean... Listen, I can't believe I'm sticking up for Texas here. However, it's of my opinion, if you make the Elite Eight, you're a really good basketball team. 
the simple I, nature that yes. Texas had to overcome their head coach being fired because he was right, he was wrongfully terminated, mm-hmm. and then to get to the Elite Eight, I'm cool there. I'm yeah. cool there. So we got a lot to talk about. So, Joe, as you mentioned earlier in the show, this Final Four, this March Madness has been crazy, and not just in men's basketball either. Also, in women's basketball, you had Miami upset Indiana. You've had a couple of one seeds go down. This is the first time in a long time that four number one seeds have not been, at least one number one seed has not been in, I think, in over 40 years, even before I've been alive. So it's been a really long time. So you came up with a really good idea. Who are some teams that we think that even now, I mean, got Joe, we're only a year away from the playoff expanding. So this might not, this is more realistic than it is not. Because when you go from four teams to 12 teams, got, that's eight more teams in the playoffs. That's what, four more games, right? Four more games that you will play yes. that we will have that will be highly, somewhat highly competitive or really need to be tuned into. So we are both going to pick three teams that we think could be Cinderella teams going into this season, though. I'll start off here. You know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. Anyone who listens to the show knows where you're going. I'm going with the Washington Huskies. Now, defensively. So let me let me preface this by starting. Okay, we should make this really well known. This is not going to happen. Okay, like, Joe, I, I want to make this really clear. Basketball and baseball are completely different than football. On any given Saturday, any given Friday, in college basketball, in baseball, anybody can be beat. Last year, as an example, Ole Miss was the 64th seed into the baseball tournament. They went, they go in, they Miami Regional, they go into the Southern Miss Regional, they go into Omaha, and they win it all. Now you have teams like FDU beating the number one seed in Virginia. Then I mean, that's cool. That's great. It's what we love about both of those sports. It's not realistic to football. But, but in my opinion, Washington is one of those teams who was in that top 10 range this season, when that playoff expands, and even maybe this year can do it. I'm a Michael Penix Jr. Stan account, okay? I, I think that I will continue to be. The problem with a team like Washington, though, defensively, they're really Rudy Poop. Okay, we know that Penix starts, but look at listen to their schedule, okay? Week one, they have Boise State. Then they go all the way to East Lansing and play Michigan State, which I know that mm. you say that they're down, and I know that they're down, Still, you're going to have to go in the heart of Michigan and beat them. Here's where I think that Washington's in trouble. you got to go to USC, and you got to go to Utah. The reason I put them as my number one, though, they could easily go into USC and win. You know why, Joe? Why? Because USC doesn't play defense either. That, that USC just doesn't play defense either. Whoever has the ball last in that game might win. And, and that's not the- changing, too, the fact that they kept Grinch. None of that's changing. And none of that's changing. The The toughest game that I think that they have on their schedule right now is Utah. Now, would they face Oregon in a Pac-12 championship game? I don't, I don't think that they're on the same sides. But it, nevertheless, they're returning the number two overall offense in the country. And they their quarterback's back. Their running backs are back. They got better on the interior offensive line. They went out and got some receivers. Here's a bigger thing that I love. They went and got Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State. They got Danielle Nada. And they went out and got Jabbar Muhammad from the transfer portal, three guys that can come in and play right now, right? And what's the best thing that help, uh, helps a quarterback? An effective running game. There's my Here's my only thing. I don't trust anybody in the Pac-12. But if I had to take a shot in the dark of a team that's coming back, and, Joe, I love quarterbacks. As we go through this, 
I'm always going to take a better quarterback because I think great quarterback play can enhance you farther than what your team it really is. You know, I think about Burrow and that offense in 2019. I think about Mac Jones in 2020. I think about Clemson with, with Deshaun Watson in some of those years where that defensively they weren't great, but yeah. he led them to greatness. I think of Kyler Murray as another example, right? That defense was abysmal. I think of Baker Mayfield and them giving up 42 unanswered points damn near when Georgia played them in that first playoff. I just really think that Washington has a chance if there's anybody coming out of the pack because USC and Utah, I think, are going to cannibalize themselves and they're not going to do anything. And I, I actually take that a step further. Look at the, the team that made it to the national championship in TCU. Max Duggan was a Heisman finalist, and I think we can both agree here, was problematic at times, was not, you consistent, at, was not consistent at all. And I think that he was just – above average enough and made plays in spots where his athleticism was able to shine. You need a quarterback who can make plays. That's the simple additive here. Having a quarterback like Michael Penix and a guy who I don't think even got enough love for how good of a player he was last year. Agreed, because he plays on the West Coast, dude. Yeah, he is going to get a lot more recognition this upcoming season. I've seen so many people to try and do the Who's the hand and hooker this year? It's it's Michael Penix. Michael Penix is the hand and hooker this year. He's got the athleticism. He's also got the reps underneath his belt. He's got the whole transfer coming from a lesser program, stepping into the spot that he has. I love the fact that they've got Michael Penis, Penix. I almost said Michael Penix. Penis. Uh, Michael Penix Jesus. with the momentum that he has. I know I say it deliberately, and then I accidentally almost said it. The momentum that he has from last year is significant. But I look at the defensive side of the football. I am a big fan of Braylon Trice. I thought he was going to be a member of this year's NFL draft class. He is a very talented edge rusher. I think that he's going to cause tons of disruption, tons of problems. And frankly, the Pac-12 does not produce very good or consistent offensive line play. There's only a couple of teams that have good offensive linemen that are going to be up to that NFL standard. So a guy like Braylon Trice is going to tee off on those opportunities, I think that he's going to have a very productive season. They check every single box. I wrote them down as well for that very reason. The only thing that gets problematic with Washington is do they technically fit the definition of not being a blue blood because they have made the playoffs? They're not a blue before. blood. I think you're right. I don't think that they are, but they've if made Washington the playoffs. Came, if Washington came out, Joe, and beat USC and Utah and won the Pac-12 by beating Oregon, they would beat TCU. Is that fair? Yeah, but the, the only thing where like I was, and I asked this pre-show, and I'm glad that we're still talking about them because they deserve the recognition. So they they've made the playoff, they've won the Pac-12 recently. Like that's where I was just a little bit iffy on picking them. But I agree by that definition, they don't really fit the description of. Well, you got to be somewhat realistic because it's not like college basketball where every group of five team can make it. Right, meaning mid majors yeah. can mid majors aren't going to make it. Mid majors don't have automatic qualifiers, right? Yeah. And so with college football, that's obviously different. So when you pick Power Five, you you kind of have to, right? Like, and again, like I, like I've said, and talking about something that needs to be clipped and that everybody needs to listen to, especially playoff expansion enthusiasts, football is always going to be chalky. What happens in football, because it is a phys the most physical sport of the big three, 
Joe, there's nobody in the group of five that can, bro- can that can block Jalen Carter consistently. Now, do you have like your Trevor Pennings of the world that could probably do it? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, that's few and far between. But at some point from a playoff expansionist standpoint, I don't want to – okay, do I want to see Georgia play another game? Sure. But Tulane will get murdered by them, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just want to make it really well known when we're doing this how you have to structure it. It's not the same. Like, I think Grand Canyon and college baseball could go in here and w- – I really believe they're one of a Cinderella team that could go in there and from a college baseball standpoint win it all. They got a lot of good things. It's not the same in football. Good thing I picked two ridiculous group of five well, schools. Well, give us one of them. Give us one of them. <laughs> okay, all right. Here, here's my one. I, I 1,000% agree with you with everything that you just said. For the other – taking this a step further, by the way, the reason why it doesn't work with college football compared to those other sports, if you have the right scheme and the right approach in basketball, like the reason why Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue – is that they attacked them the right way. They had better athletes. They were quicker. They were faster. And they had the right shooting. They're not going to be able to beat other teams because they lost in the next round that they played. But it was the perfect storm for them to win a game. That's kind of how this works. Same thing for FAU on the run that they're on. Miami, the run that they're on. If you're structured and your roster is built a certain way, you can go on these runs. College football doesn't work like that, man. It's it's just if you've got bigger, better athletes, that is going to win those football games. If it's close. Scheme can win, coaching can win, but bigger, better athletes like we saw in the national championship game is the reason why that game was such a blowout. However, my oh, first really interesting. Hey, who did you pick to win the national title game? No comment. No comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> no comment. My I mean, case... it was TCU for everybody that wants to know at home. Yeah. Yeah, it was TCU. <laughs> but as for what is never... you ever seen the movie? Um uh, what is it? The other guys? Yes, I've seen the other guys. A big fan of them. What an idiot! Well, as a self-proclaimed idiot, I said it midway through the game. <laughs> my one Cinderella pick. Let's have some damn fun here. Give me Tulane as my ridiculous group of five school to possibly possibly be a Cinderella team in 2023. Look, if Cincinnati can make the playoff and go undefeated and run the table with the roster that they had, I think Tulane has the capacity to do it they need to win out in their their in-conference games in the american and if there's a team that's going to come from a, a group of five conference it's going to probably come from the american because it's the best of the worst i love the fact that one they're returning willie fritz as their head coach he didn't leave for greener pastures that's massive they didn't lose a massive amount of production it does hurt them that they lost ty J. spears and dorian williams but i love Michael Pratt as a quarterback. He was somebody who was brought up as a big time. If he entered the portal, a highly sought after kid, he may or may not have been tied uh, to a particular university that ended up getting another player that wasn't supposed to be in the portal. Cough, cough, Notre Dame. Uh, He was somebody who was on the table to end up there or at other institutions. If he decided to enter the portal, this is a kid that's going to get drafted. He's got all the tools experience. We saw how he played against USC. I think the key takeaway and the main thing here, as all of these, actually not all of these, the only team that's done it is Cincinnati. For them to replicate that, they need a signature win against a Power 5 program that might be vulnerable. Ole Miss Week 2. We saw how they played against Troy think, this past year. you think Ole Miss is vulnerable? I don't think that they're vulnerable. 
because we're going to talk about them in a second. But if Tulane plays a perfect game in the way that they played against USC and they beat them, what's the argument against them? You know, like the, it's possible if they go undefeated for that argument to be made. If oh, Cincinnati oh, made it here, in. Here's the thing, though, to your, arg- to your argument that I'll push back on. Ole Miss isn't bigger than Notre Dame. That Cincinnati went over Notre Dame, which, by the way, by the way, Notre Dame would go undefeated outside of that Cincinnati game, right? Yeah, so Ole they would Miss need to rely on Ole Miss having a really good season. Correct, and Ole Miss isn't winning the West, okay? I'm just going to let you know. They're, they're one Walker Howard short away of winning the West, okay? Sorry, as an LSU fan, yes, I took the shot. I, I Look, I joked with you before the show – Michael Pratt has been a really good quarterback. I think he had like 28 touchdowns, five interceptions. I know that there were some people in Louisiana that that wanted him to possibly make the, the leap from Tulane to LSU if Jaden Daniels left. Nevertheless, he's back at Tulane, and I think he's, he's in a good spot. I've told you this before, and Willie Fritz is my guy. But at some point, i got to be realistic. There's Tulane's not good enough, okay? I think that they get beat down by Ole Miss. I'm going to be a little honest. Because yep. when I watch, as an example, Tulane play USC, and I know that Tulane returns a lot of production, this isn't USC. And I think what we're learning, Joe, as much as you hate it, as much as you hate it, when a team like Tulane can go into the Pac-12 and win or go into the Big 12 and win, hashtag Oklahoma, my problem with that is is that same exact team can't go into the SEC and win, right? Like – so when you have name one, yeah, okay, no, you're you you're right. Appala- right. You could say Appalachian State being Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I understand that. That's one in a billion games that goes on throughout the year that it just doesn't happen like that. Okay, I don't think Ole Miss is that team, but I love Willie Fritz. Willie Fritz was the coach at Sam Houston when I was at Southeastern, and everybody was in the Southland. I hated his guts. He's a great offensive mind. If there is one group of five team, I agree with you on this though. If there is one group of five team that can do it, I do like them to do it. Right. My Here's my reasoning as I've I, I laid it out there and to further my point. I don't think that they beat Ole Miss because I'm going to bring them up in a second. Ah. It's very foretelling. But I think that they run the table in the American. They had two losses last year. I think that they're going to finish with a stronger year than last year because the American, I don't. No, no one's impressive except maybe UCF. It just comes down to that game. If they pull it out of their ass and they have some crazy game and Ole Miss makes a bunch of mistakes, maybe, maybe. But my point is that like maybe that's what you need on your resume to be at least on the very close to the the brink at like ranked at sixth or something along those lines and being undefeated. I think more realistically it would be like Cincinnati the year prior that they made the the playoff when everyone was like, why aren't they getting in? And it was because you know they didn't have any signature wins. Well, and they lost to another Dame. The year prior? Yeah, didn't they lose to number Notre Dame in 21? I think so. Or 20 or 2020? Maybe. Whenever it was, like the last time they had played, they My lost. memory's not so, good enough to remember that. Yeah, mine isn't either. All right, my number two. So I told you that I'm a quarterback stand. okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to delete this episode after I say this so that you don't have evidence <laughs> to come back and get me. I'm going to pick North Carolina here. Like I've told you, in college football, Joe, quarterbacks can elevate a team to a point where they're national championship worthy. 
There's a couple guys that just come off the top, okay? I'm not even going to throw Joe Burrow in this because Joe Burrow had two number one receivers and number two overall, uh, number two uh, uh, second-round pick wide receiver in Terrace Marshall. He had a first-round pick in Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and four of those five offensive linemen were starting in the NFL right now. My thing with that is that I think that Drake May, who everybody knows, had 38 touchdowns. I think he had like another seven rushing. He threw for 4,300 yards and some change. He had a productive year. Here's what I like, though, that's not necessarily offensively, and a couple things that I do like. I know a lot of people hate Gene Chizik. I understand it. They promoted him to what some people made fun of as the head coach of defense. However, he did go out and get some guys, okay? He went out and got some defensive pieces in the portal. So the, I'm not going to bore you with the names, okay? But, Joe, their schedule is ridiculously easy, okay? Who are their non-conference? South Carolina, okay, is their, is their one. That's but a good-looking win, too, because it's an SEC team if you beat them. Correct. And I think with Drake May at home, you can beat them. Right, like they're South Carolina be, they're is gonna, very vulnerable be to be beat. I, I fully believe that. Here's another one: they don't go, they do not go and really play face a tough team in the ACC. They don't have Florida State in there until November the 18th when they have to face Clemson. Now we can make fun of Clemson all the live long day and poke fun at them. What are they going to look like? now that they have an offensive coordinator that knows what the hell that he's doing in Garrett Riley. I think that you're in a situation where now that you got your running backs returning, you got your offensive line returning, you went out and got some wide receiver pieces because everybody wants to play with – some guys want to play with Drake May to elevate their status. And I'm a – look, I know that Chip, uh, Chip Lindsey, a lot of people hated it, Troy. Chip Lindsey, from an offensive schematic standpoint, is an offensive wizard. He's been under Todd Munkin. He's, uh, he's been under the Todd Munkin tree. He's been under the Gus Malzahn tree. And I think Chip got a little bit of – they expected him to do special things at Troy when they refused to spend the money, okay? And with that alone, I think – I am just in love with college teams that have really damn good quarterbacks that, that can elevate them. I'll give an, a, an example from this past year. We talked about one of them. I think Michael Penix was one that elevated his team to win. I, I I think that Jane Daniels is a guy that elevates his team to win. I think Will Rogers, who nobody talks about, like Joe, we're we're an SEC show and we don't talk about dude, Mississippi State is all is really bad in a lot of spots. Joe, their offensive yeah. line is really bad. They had issues at running back. There were so many things. Quarterbacks that elevate you to 10, 8, 10, 8, 9, 10 wins, I'm always for. You know who else I think did that? Your boy that you're about to mention and Jackson Dart. Now, sources say that he's taking number one overall reps, which is highly interesting to me, but I, you could put the side-by-side of him and Spencer Sanders as the same person. M my point is I love quarterbacks that can elevate you to win, and I think that he does that. Now, it's – also, why I don't like your favorite pick in this draft and Anthony Richardson, we've just seen so much history, though, Joe, for me mm -hmm. in college athletics that great great quarterbacks elevate hashtag Cam Newton. All right, I have a take that's going to spark your ire and the ire of many listeners. 
what happened at the end of the season with Drake May? Let's 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 re remember this what happened with Drake May last year. So really good stretch of games. Very talented quarterback, by the way. I, I believe that he will be the first quarterback selected in in twenty twenty four. Very talented. Stretch of the season statistically building up all these games. Last few games against his most difficult matchups, he beat up on all the, most of the bad teams. Most difficult matchups, he crapped the bed. And one of those games he also kind of crapped the bed was early on in the season against one of his more difficult matchups when he played Notre Dame. I am concerned that Drake May cannot step up in these big games. And my point here is that they run the table and they get to that Clemson game and he craps the bet again. That's where my concern now comes into play. I don't know if he can get the job done. He hasn't shown me proof that he can. And that to me is he needs to get over that hurdle to stepping up to those occasions. Otherwise that they're not going to, they're not going to sniff the playoff. I'm not getting into an Anthony Richardson debate with you. Okay. So I'm going to give dude, you, there's no need to bring up Anthony Richardson. There's nothing to do with this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm not listening to Anthony Richardson talk. I'm not doing it anymore. Okay. I'm past it. We're talking about winning football games. We're not talking about well, draft I could, projection. But I can make comparisons of guys that have, have been in his type of situation and poo-pooed the bed against really good teams that have come back to do some really good stuff in the in the recent future. I think of Mac Jones as being one. Mac Jones threw two pick sixes against Auburn. They lost the game. He came back the next year, and Joe, he let's call it what it is, buddy. He he lit it yeah. up. Okay, like that's he, very true. You you could say whatever you want to him about the Patriots. I don't really care about that. But what I do know is he lit it up in 2020 after a really somewhat of a rocky start from him. I think of Joe Burrow. You know who else I think about when you and I know that his that his team won, but his individual performance was not great. Like I think of Trevor Lawrence. I think of Justin Fields. All guys that struggled coming out of the gate. Okay as freshmen, as first-time starters, whatever, and then responded. I, I get what you're saying, and I understand that it's a worry. However, I just think that he's good enough if he, if given the right pieces. Now, what people don't remember, Joe, in that Notre Dame game, he had three offensive linemen that were out. Yes. He had a true freshman yes. center. He had a true freshman right tackle. That's not fair to him. Okay, he he. I think that Notre Dame, for whatever it's worth, who was the great edge rusher for Notre Dame last Isaiah year? Isaiah uh, Isaiah Fonsky had like a, a like seven pressures and four or five quarterback hits. Like it was ridiculous or something like that. I just think that he can do it if they stay healthy. Go ahead. Who's your number two? My number two, we're back down to earth for a more realistic team. And I, I the last one's bonkers, by the way. I'm warning everybody. Old Miss, I think, is the more realistic one. He talked about where they land in the oh, West. God. I, I just, first of all, ninth in returning production in the country. That is massive. And I also think that Jackson Dark, we, we've said this on the show, Dark gets way too much crap for how quality of a quarterback he is. He is I not going to be that. a top 15 quarterback. He's just not. But he is steady. He is consistent. I don't think he's a guy that makes a lot of uh, head-scratching errors that hold your team back. That's what you need to win football games, especially when you have one of the best running backs in the country and one of the most well-schemed rushing attacks by Lane Kiffin. Quinshawn Judkins is a star. He is a fantastic player, and that scheme fits him perfectly, and his production is only going to get better this upcoming season. Another fold of this as well. Jared Ivey on defense is a name that has not been acknowledged enough in my eyes. He is a very dynamic edge rusher, and he is going to be a productive player this upcoming season. They've got some other key athletes and dudes on that defense that did really well last year, that have not been brought up in these discussions, including Ivy. Also, 
On top of that, they added Chris Marshall, a wide receiver from Texas A&M, and then Joshua Harris on the defensive line from NC State. I think you put all that together. This team is rallying around Lane. He got his extension. Everyone's happy that he's back. I, I'm not – like, this isn't me being unrealistic here. I think oh, it's yes, it is. Come on. It's doable. It's doable. There's no team in the SEC that's going to come out of left field. Let me ask you this. A two-loss old Miss team, and there's other – They're not they, – they they're, 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 If old, So, Joe, let me just tell you something. Here's what they're battling. Ole Miss two seasons ago, because I'm counting last season as, you know, last year because it's last year, was the first time that they won 10 games in a regular season. You yeah. know who was down? A&M was historically down. LSU was historically down. Auburn was historically down. And Bama was the only one that they had to face, and they got their absolute rear ends torn up. They're not winning at Ole Miss, and they're not ever winning the SEC West unless they get serious up front. You went to the Senior Bowl, correct? Yes, yeah, so it was at the Senior Bowl. Who was the worst offensive lineman there? Nick Breaker, he's gone now. Okay, he was an all-SEC performer. Okay. Should have been. Well, he was, and that's and that's what they say. Judkins, I agree, with producer Zach is the best overall running back in the SEC returning. I don't think that there's a question that you can say offensively they're good. Joe, their defensive line, their linebacker play in their secondary, I get that Ivy's good, but bottom line is they don't have enough. They're going to get beat down when they hit the meat of their schedule like they did last year. You know how I know? Because Lane Kiffin's answer was going against Spencer Sanders. Joe, I want you to do me a favor. Okay. I want you to pick who these guys are. You ready? Last year, one guy had 62% completion percentage, 2,974 yards, 20 passing touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. The other guy had 20, uh, was 57% completion percentage guy, 2,600 yards, 17 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Which guy's who? It was Spencer's the first one, and no, it was the other way around. No, Jackson Dart has been better. The only thing that you could say about Spencer Sanders is the rushing touchdowns. But when Ole Miss got in the red zone, you know who carried the football? Judkins. Here's the truth that nobody wants to listen to: Jackson Dart, Jackson Dart might be better than Spencer Sanders, and nobody wants to talk about that. But the statistics don't lie. Here's my thought process. Lane Kiffin won't win in the SEC unless he goes to Alabama. I don't think that Lane – I don't – There's. they just don't have enough. Offensively, they're good. They're always going to be good under Lane. The only question – the only question that I have – you ready? Yeah. Yes. What can Pete Golding do? Because Pete Golding yes. has had top 10 defenses repeatedly in Alabama. The problem with that, though – is that they do not, and I mean do not have the dudes that Alabama has defensively. But I know this for an outright fact. Pete is from Hammond. He coached at Southeastern. I know. If you want me to, I'll text him, okay? Know his family, know his parents, know his brother, know all of them. Here's the problem. What he was doing in Alabama was not his defense. It wasn't. It was Nick's. You can go to any stop of... Pete, uh, of Pete, wherever he's been, his defense is not what Nick wanted him to run. Can he make a lead? Can he do something for Lane? That's ultimately what I got to see. Other just thing I want to add into this. So I okay. pulled up their schedule. I pulled up their schedule. Because I, I, I should. Indiana Tech, 
Idaho Tech, Rudy play, Poo State. For, for, forget the, the bad games on the schedule. They play Georgia Tech, Tulane, Mercer. Like They're going to win those games. They play Louisiana Monroe. They're going to win those games. Here are the three games. Port ones. I think they win the rest. I, realistically, they win the rest of these. LSU, they need to play perfect. LSU. Alabama. At, Alabama at Alabama. Home against LSU. And then at Georgia. Oh, buddy. buddy. You, wait, 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 wait. Uh, you don't think hey, if oh, you pull one of those. Uh, you don't uh, think if you pull uh, one of those. One of those, with you're playing at home against LSU. 0-3. You're also playing against a Georgia team that does not have a settled quarterback situation. 0-3. And, and an Alabama team that does not have a settled quarterback situation. One of those oh, two three. teams could, could not be as clean as we're anticipating. I'm just saying hypothetically. You want a hot take? What? I think that they got a really tough matchup against A&M. Okay, we're not on the same page with them then. I, I just no, think that, you, okay. I think – Hold on. Yeah, yes. Would you agree that A&M was down? Horribly down. Down bad. Why were they only within a score of beating them? They did so that, if they did that with Bama. And they, they beat LSU. A&M. <laughs> no, they got absolutely annihilated by LSU. No, no, no. I'm talking about – are we talking about A&M or, or – Oh, I'm no, but, that, but, but that's my point. A&M kept it close with Alabama. A&M kept it close with Ole Miss. And they have the talent. It's just they were LSU. coached. That, well, I think that this whole – so I got a little sourcing. You ready? Okay. Guess who's been calling all the plays offensively during spring camp at A&M? It's Jimbo. No. It's Petrino. It's Petrino. Okay. Well, Jimbo is not – Jimbo – this is what I'm told. Okay. Petrino has welcomed, has well. Look, you can hate Jimbo all you want. I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Jimbo Fisher still knows offense. Okay. He knows what they're doing, Joe. He knows how to attack. Don't give me that. He, he can his playbook be outdated? Yes, it is. Does he know what he's seen on film and how to attack it to help Bobby Petrino? Also quadruple yes. I think if they can figure it out, and I had a video sent to me uh, of practice, Jimbo's not calling plays, okay? he Bobby's walking over to him. They kind of have a couple of words, and they say, hey, coach, what do you want to see? This is what Bobby asked Jimbo. Mm -hmm. What do you want to see here? And then Bobby starts running it. So Jimbo, who, the, who is the head coach, want, gets to see what he wants to see, okay? I'm just I'm just telling you, you, everybody's shitting on them. Sorry for the curse. But everybody you might need to go on the show and bleep that. Everybody's poo-pooing on them. Mm -hmm. Okay. They have enough talent to beat Ole Miss. I'm telling you they do. If they have enough, if they have enough talent to lose by four against Alabama and they can beat the SEC West champ outright, they sure as hell can beat Ole Miss. I I think it's they're capable of being a lot better than last year. They're gonna do it. But I hold I, I hold Ole Miss in it. I think they're not they're not going five and seven. They're Who's, not going five and seven. Yeah, I, they're gonna they're gonna go better than that, but I just I think that Ole Miss off of what I've laid out there is is a it's gonna be a good program next year. Who who's the third team that you have? I hate this one. Baylor. Why did you pick it if you hate it? I didn't know. I I, I folded. I I I I got scared. I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> the what? only reason. <laughs> the only reason is, and here I have nothing to back this up on. 
I don't have film. I don't have players. I have nothing. You know what I do have? I do have Dave Aranda. And I think that Dave Aranda is a, gr- a good enough coach to when stuff got bad. I think that they are going to be better than they were last year. Now, we just saw in the Big 12 a team run the table. And if we're talking about Cinderella's, if TCU can do it with a really good coach and, and Sonny Dykes, what makes me believe that Dave Aranda can't do it? I'm just going to throw them out there. I don't have conviction behind the pick. I really don't. The only reason I'm picking it is because I know that Dave spends night and day and is meticulous in everything that he does. His schedule is is figured out from 5 a.m. in the morning until 10 p.m., and he is like a damn robot and following it. I have nothing. I think that they got good play callers. I think they got really good coaching. I think that they were really young last year, which those guys are coming back. It's just where I'm at, man. They they have a true freshman right tackle who I, I got a text from an SEC coach that says if, if this kid would have hit the portal, he would be a starter at 13 of the 14 SEC teams. Like, he's got some pieces. That's it. That's all I got. I have nothing else on Baylor. I, I don't hate it. And I think that I agree with your point that Baylor, their youth showed last year. They weren't fully consistent. I think Blake Shapin has some work to do at the quarterback position. I don't disagree with that. I, I hold back a little bit because I think that their ceiling is that they can win the Big 12, but their capacity is two losses winning the Big 12 like they did a couple of years ago. I, I also think that's agree their, their with that. absolute ceiling. I just think it's so hard for these Big 12 teams because they, they beat up on each other. That's the reality of it. It is one of those conferences where... Well, they where, beat up on each other because they're all of equal talent. Yes, exactly. It's not like they're all super explosive and dominant. It's because they're all a little bit above I average enough that they beat each other. TCU. Don't, don't bring this back to, don't, to that's the, that's in the past, Blake. That's in the past. Uh, I'll give my last one before we, we get to cigar gate. Okay. This one's bonkers. This one's so unbelievably stupid. Uh, I went with Troy now that they have really good returning production. Uh, they're returning. Their top running back, who had 1,100 rushing yards this past year, 10 touchdowns, uh, Kamani Vidal. Their defense has some dudes on it. Two guys that had very big production on the defensive line in TJ Jackson and Richard uh, Gibanor. I think that's how you, how you pronounce it. I'm probably completely wrong there. This only comes off of the fact, only off of the fact, that they're going to win the Sun Belt. We saw what they did against Old Miss. They put up a fight. Their key big game is against Kansas State. They're, they can beat Kansas State. They didn't really lose that much. This was a an, an experienced but younger team in the Sun Belt. And they finished with two losses. They can go undefeated next year, Blake. They're not going to make the playoff, but they can go, they're going to go undefeated next year. I believe that they will do. They will do that. Come on, I needed one crazy one. I needed no, 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 no. Come on. If FAU can make the final four, this is my FAU. This is what I was thinking when I kept hearing you say the word Troy. I'm glad that I that I sparked that. <laughs> In no former fashion. Yeah. No former fashion. Is Troy making any kind of playoff? 
they're not going undefeated. And the team that I was going to, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's okay. why. Here comes the fighting Dilfers. You think you have, no, come on, not in the first year, not in the first year. Here comes Trent Dilfer. Is that the UAB fight song, or are you just? I have absolutely no idea, but they scored a touchdown <laughs> against LSU one year, and I remember being next to their band being like, "If I got to hear this one more time," and they only played it once, I said, "I was gonna throw, I was gonna literally throw tubas at them," is what I told them. Look, um, this is my San Diego State pick, my FAU pick, one that just makes no sense. It's crazy. It's bonkers. San Diego State was a five seed. They've been. They've had guys like uh uh, uh, Kyrie, uh Kyrie or not Kyrie uh Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Fine. It's my FAU. It's one that makes no sense. But then you're like, how did we get here? How did they end up being here? We need one of those, and that's Troy. All right. So we only got a couple more minutes. So let's go ahead and get to Cigar Gate. So in case you missed it, uh, Ferris State head coach. Tony uh, NS was suspended for future playoffs. Now, I'm probably butchering his last name, uh, but and I'm sorry for that. But, Joe, the NCAA has suspended him from, listen to this, future playoff games, future playoff games for the following. The stadium that the, stadium that the two players were smoking cigars in is a smoke-free zone. Not only the, not only that, their argument was, well, if they're, I'm quoting here, mm-hmm. if they're not going to take action in the stadium, we will. Oh no! Wait, I didn't see that part. Are you kidding me? I'm reading it That's word for word. Re- wait, 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 wait. So because it was a smoke-free zone, and the stadium decided not because they clearly were allowing them to celebrate their national championship. They clearly were willing to let it happen. The NCAA had to step in and be the the righteous word of God and say, oh, because it wasn't upheld in this location that wasn't supposed to have smoking, we have to be the moral voice in this situation? Are you freaking kidding me? The NCAA sucks. This absolutely sucks. Barnyard ass shit. Sorry. Well, it not only does it suck. Well, I think this is the maddest you've ever been. Keep going. I kind of want to see it. But I, I don't even have anything else to say. This is ridiculous. You guys are a bunch of clowns. This is not something. Why are you wasting your time with this? Fix NIL. Fix NIL. What? I don't even know the name of the new president. There are so many other things that need to be fixed. And you're worrying about cigars. They won a national championship. Let them smoke a cigar. They're probably 26-year-old grown men playing Division II football. Let them smoke the goddamn cigars. Well, it's governor. Governor, he wants to be called governor. Uh, Charlie Wait, Barth, really Charlie is, is Baker. He... Yeah, he wants to be called governor. Charlie Baker, titled, is the new NCAA president. Um, I'm sure you, people saw already by now. Um, um, Charles Barkley going at him. Joe, the punishment doesn't fit the crime, and, and this is why. This, this is just why I just don't understand. Like, I legitimately just don't understand what the NCAA does for college athletics. Well, I know that you put on a really good basketball tournament, but you've been called out for really underhanding women's basketball. I know that you put on the baseball tournament. The only thing that you don't have is college football's national champion. You you anoint a national champion and recognize a national champion after the games are played. It has nothing to do with the NCAA. The NCAA, by the way, doesn't have jurisdiction 
We found out in the LSU, remember when Odell was hounding out cash, the NCAA cannot do anything in reference to some punishments when it comes to a playoff game that they don't sanction. That's something that was interesting. And why the playoff, a lot of people are dabbling in that because you can't you can't hit a team. They wind up doing it anyway. They didn't have the grounds. They didn't care. They're still doing it. I don't understand it. Charlie Baker's a Rudy Poo. He's only been on the – like, how have you been on the job on a week and you suck this bad? They should have never given a politician the rightful seat of being the president of the NCAA. And, I, look, Joe, I know enough about enough sports to to know what's right from wrong and how to fix things. You want an yeah. NIL? Well, either you're gonna either you, you're just going to have to let it be because, Joe, the truth is, and what nobody wants to admit – People in their rocking chairs outside smoking a cigarette hate NIL. And they think, oh, well, you know what? It's the wild, wild west. Joe, I'm going to give you a little bit of a newsflash. It always has been. It's just now in the forefront. The grimy sewage that you never saw that's underneath is now on your streets. It's like homeless people going in, into a Beverly Hills subdivision and all of a sudden the Beverly people, the people of Beverly Hills don't don't want to give back anymore because now it's hit their homes and their streets. My point is, is that they've done so many bad things. No wonder it's about to be abolished. Or some people think it is, but as long as, the, with all due respect, did you see this today? By the way, they give out the conferences their money, like the Big Twelve got uh, the Big Ten or something got thirty two million from the NCAA for the March Madness. The SEC got thirty four million. This is insane how much money they're making. Joe, you know why the NCAA is not going anywhere? Because they make too much, too many, yeah. too many people, too much money. They're never going to get rid of it for that exact reasoning. And I, I it just it pains me to all hell that this is the the jackass who's running it, and that we've got rulings like this coming down. I wonder if he had any p impact on this decision. I, I of course he did, uh, Joe. You know how I know. Even if he doesn't know about this. It's like, let me ask you and let me ask you a question. If Nick Saban's running back fumbles on the one yard line, is it Bill O'Brien's fault ultimately or Nick Saban's for letting that kid be in there? Because the head coach, whether or not, is over everything. Right. It's over everything. When if if producer Zach goes out and does something stupid, he is a representation of AYS, either if I know it or not, or Rafino or Josho or Believe, whoever it is. So regardless, regardless, okay, this dude's a Rudy Poo, and shame on him and shame on you. Your breath stinks. You need Tic Tacs. You have horrible hair. Your earlobes are too long. I mean, this is all a good example of how, how this is already getting off the, off the tracks. That's... Hopefully he's not there long. That's all I can say. So I, I'm hoping that he's not there long because I. that's a great comment. <laughs> Big Cajones Kelly says, I'm outside on my front porch smoking a cigarette, and I do like NIL. I feel attacked. Well, I'm not talking about them. I said people that don't like NIL. Yeah. So uh, producer Zach had a couple teams. He says, here's mine. Uh, Wisconsin, who we talked about, Texas, who we've talked about. It doesn't count. Can't, Texas doesn't count because they're supposed to be a blue blood. They're a fake blue blood. And I I would argue Penn State's also kind of a fake blue blood, too. I pick a Notre Dame, I, you know? Can I just tell you something? Yeah. I hate the word blue bloods. 
I think I, I, I think I'm coming to a point where I might annex it from my shows. Really? I I, yeah. Why would not? Joe, blue blood means nothing when you're getting your rear end kicked. Okay, blue bloods got beat by Tulane. Blue, yeah, you're right. You're right. Blue bloods got beat by Texas Tech. So, are you saying that we can't use the word blue blood, or we just can't have a descriptive category for programs blue, that are what's a blue blood? A program that is consistently successful throughout the history. Okay, of then Penn State's not a blue blood. USC's not a blue well, blood. They've won national championships, and they've been. But, they're one of the most what, winningest what, programs what, in college football history. Time off. When do you cut the time? You you say teams that win national uh, championships, Joe? As an example, and you're about to get really mad. Notre Dame had one since 1988. But the grand total of their national championships, and they're also one of the winningest. Pro but Penn State's one of the they winningest never, programs. Texas is one of the winningest programs. From before the BCS to the playoff, any team before the BCS and playoff, it's a fake natty. It's a no fake natty. No, no, no comment on that. No comment on that. But my point is, is that if you are in the winningest category of programs, you have consistently won your conference championships in a Power Five conference. Um, if you have nationally recognized fan bases, I think that that is a descriptor for a blue blood. And it's a great debate. Like you and I can sit here and do. Is this team of blue blood? Is that team of blue blood for a whole show? Probably. Um, I I just there has to be some sort of category. Maybe we need to be more restrictive about it. Let's do the last thirty. Or let Let's do this. Let's do. We you could even do from nineteen ninety. Or how about this? Why don't you do it in a twenty year span? No, because then that takes Notre Dame out of it. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because I would make the argument, and we got to go. Yeah, I would make the argument Notre Dame's been to a national title and made too many playoffs for you to say that they're not a blue That's blood. True. A, they are a top 10 program, whether I make fun of them or not. Okay, so at, at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's another one I would throw in there, which, by the way, if you're watching us right now, when you head over to AYS, my poor man Josh Pate's about to get it. Oh, no. What do you get? What do you have got? Uh, I'll tune in. Okay. Better tune in. All right, guys. We are done here tonight. Rafino Joe Show. Don't forget to subscribe. We will see you back Wednesday, Wednesday. and potentially Sunday. Until then, Joe, this has been great. It's been fantastic. See you guys all Wednesday. Peace, Peace guys. Sir.